Cousins Bo, Luke, and Daisy help their uncle Chessie run moonshine in Hazard County. Upon learning of Boss Hogg's nefarious plan to strip mine Hazard, it's up to this famous family to stop him and save their town. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb Leger. I'm Connor Azagiri. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bed. So today's movie, we talk about the 2005 comedy film adaptation of one of, I guess, one of the more loved American shows out there for some people, uh, The Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, it, a film, honestly, that seemed to be made with the best of intentions. It went pretty smooth. It was actually a box office success. If you look at the numbers, it wasn't a bomb. But, again, in their, in their case, in their back-end issue, right? Critics hated it. Creatives of the original show hated it. Long-time fans of the show hated it. So, what seemed to be going so, so smoothly, just quickly got lambasted by everyone and seemed to just kind of disappear. That's a lot of TV play uh, rotation out of it. And that's actually how I saw this. Um, but before we kind of get to more of that, do you have any relation to the original show at all? Or like this movie? I have zero connection to the Dukes of Hazard. I, I knew about it. I knew about the General Lee. I knew about Bo and Luke and Daisy and Boss Hog. I knew names, but I never actually watched the show. And I never saw the movie until we did it for this show. Uh, but it's one of those films I've always just kind of dismissed as, you know, hot garbage from the mid 2000s. It's not worth my time. But I think that's the beauty of this show is, you know, reevaluating the hot garbage and determining whether or not it deserves to be called hot garbage. And I don't think this does. No, I'm, I'm with you. So, like, I, I also really don't have, like, a lot of relationship with the original show. My, I, remember, I, I can't hear my mom and my dad. I honestly can't remember which would occasionally watch the reruns on TV and I would watch it. And I remember even as a kid, like I didn't really like it. I thought it was like an okay show. I thought Daisy Duke was hot. Right. And like the short shorts. And that was about it. That's all I took from it as a kid. And I remember when they were advertising this film, I was like, Oh, this looks good. Cause at that time, you know, I was learning about Jackass. I saw the Johnny Knoxville was in the movie. I liked Sean Williams, Scott and other films. Jessica Simpson, obviously, you know, was, I would say probably a lot more well-known at that time because she was a lot younger, kind of fresh. So I knew about her and that she was going to be Daisy Duke. So I was a little more keen on the movie. I remember when they did put it on TV rotation, like constantly. I watched it so many times, mostly because of uh, Jessica Simpson, but because I thought it was funny as a kid too. And um, this is my first time watching it in years. And honestly... It holds up. I don't. I don't get why it's so. Like I don't get the hate. Like this is not the worst film I've seen. And not only that, like what? When we'll get into it later, but what people complain about, I'm like, they kind of did with the 21 Jump Street movies, and everyone loves those two films. But whatever. I uh, I find it interesting that so far on this show we've done like shit movie, uh, unnecessarily, you know, like, you know, good decent movie then another shit movie and now another misunderstood that was the word i was trying to come up with so like we, we've kind of done it back and forth and i'm i think it's funny because next week is for sure going to be a shit movie 
But um, what if like next week I'm like, this is the greatest film ever made. I don't know what people are saying. <laughs> that would be that would be a, a twist for sure. That'd be a miracle. I mean, there are documentaries about that thing. But um, what a twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is funny. I think I think it deserves praise for the uh, insane car stunts. Uh, like a lot of a lot of love was put into this thing. You can tell like this wasn't half-assed. No, like you can tell, like, yeah, the car stunts hold up. I think the Knoxville and Strongman Scott have great chemistry together as Bo and uh, Luke. I was about to say Duke, Bo and Luke. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I've always liked both those guys a lot, and I think they're funny together. Jessica Simpson, like, I'm not, she's not the best act- actress out there, but she knows it as Daisy Duke. She gets the job done, she does what she's supposed to. Um, and yeah, the car chases are great. I love the soundtrack. Like I, I know it's not the funniest comedy that I'm like laughing out loud the whole way through. Yeah, but I'm still laughing. Like I'm still finding a lot to enjoy about it. There were moments that had me cackling, like when they smack each other with the phone book. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh. Anytime, like uh, Bo was a fucking idiot, and Knoxville's re- like reactionary face to everything would always kill me. <laughs> I said, no, Bo, no. <laughs> you said, go, Bo, go. <laughs> you see how that sounds the same? I had no idea this was a pretty decent hit uh, financially. I mean, $53 million budget, it grossed $109 million. In 2005, like, that's, a, that's a success. So yeah, I, like, I wonder, like, this movie's so despised these days and i i just it's got to come from the animosity of the old fans it's got to be the only way that has to be it because yeah because i know some people are like well that's not a lot all right like this is pre-mcu when we were every film was apparently expected to make a billion at the box office automatically like back then yeah 105 million like no it's not great but it's pretty good like it shows that there was interest and a decent word of mouth for people to go see it yep so I just, yeah, other than like, you know, the, the angry 60-year-old Dukes of Hazard fans being pissed about whatever the hell they were pissed about, I honestly don't understand the literally 14% Rotten Tomatoes score. I've seen some, like, look, and not this is not the shit on Oscar Sunday by any means. But I've seen films that are in Oscar Sunday with great scores. I'm like, they don't deserve the score. Oh, I've been there. I've been very vocal about how much I, there's some films on that show I have really fucking hated. I mean, you know, Hamlet, Chariots of Fire, Faces, and these are considered international classics and they suck. Yeah, but then something like this. Yeah, but then something like this comes out that's just asking you to turn your brain off, have a good time, and just enjoy the ride and everyone's just like fuck this movie it's stupid i feel bad for people who can't you know just accept the movie's entertaining like why would you like actively try to hate something i don't get that like let, if the movies end up sucking after you watch it then yeah okay i agree with you but if you are just jumping on the hate bandwagon you're kind of a sour piece of shit yeah but i mean people do that a lot like jumping on the hate bandwagon they do it movies like what I like at this point, like I always like to make a joke, like in music with like Nickelback, right? I'm like, okay, people like this band, like stop jumping on the bandwagon because the fact that they're still around, they still get huge views, they still play in huge stadiums. 
at this point, is the hate actually really there, people? Because apparently they're still doing really well. Well, I'm talking like, you know, if you just hate Nickelback because everyone hates Nickelback, fuck you. But if you've listened to like a few songs, you're like, I don't care for this. Fine. Totally valid. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like people do that with anything, right? They just want to jump on that bandwagon without really trying. You know, you see it in movies, seeing music, you see it in video games, like you just want to jump on the bandwagon. And then when you're that one guy that's like, no, I've, you're, I've played this or I've watched this and, or I've listened to it and I legitimately feel this way, they're like, whatever. You're just jumping on the bandwagon. It's like, no, I actually did experience it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, you know, another great aspect of this show is finding out, like, is this a bandwagon worth jumping on? Like, is the hate valid? And so far, you know, four in, we're kind of, you know, like two for four so far. So 50-50 right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes because I know the films we've got scheduled and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting where we fall on some of these. It should be because I definitely was trying to randomize my picks as much as possible. So, and trust me, I was being sure that I was like, I don't want to watch this, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> we can sit through showgirls. We can shit. We can. I was going to say, we could sit through anything. I accidentally said shit through anything, but that's well, actually, I an accurate statement. So you said if we could shit on, uh, through showgirls, I'm like, well, I mean, I could. <laughs> if I eat something really bad that day. Yeah, my, my point stands. Like, we made it through that movie. We can make it through anything. So they say. There's always something works out there. I'm excited to find it, honestly. I have a feeling, like, we have a big, like, master list that we're drawing from. And some of those films, I'm like, that's going to be our worst episode. Yeah. Dude, there's some stuff, uh, specifically, like, some horror films on, like, the master list. I'm trying to hold off to, you know, get closer to October. Yeah. And I'm like, by the same time, I'm like, God, am I really want to do that to myself? I mean, my, my favorite month of the year is just sitting and go, like, all right, let's watch, like, four or five shitty fucking horror films for this show. Well, we'll balance it out with, like, five good ones on Filmgasm, so that way you don't feel like you're just drowning in shit. Fair enough, but also there's I know there's stuff on there that I'm like I like that horror film. Fuck you guys, <laughs> so it works out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, Dukes of Hazard. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, I'd said 14. percent The critics' mm-hmm. consensus reads a dumb, goofy, and vacuous adaptation of a TV show where plot is simply an excuse to string together the car chases. Because the Dukes of Hazard show was so renowned for its writing, right? Yeah, like that's what I want to remember from the show is it's great writing and characters when it was literally just an episode with a, a thin plot to get a car chase in. Yeah, that's exactly what the show was. What do you people want? <laughs> Again, and you'll see this will make sense as we talk about another big thing that people were trying to aim at this film. Jump Street did the same fucking thing with the Jonah Hill and um, Channing Tatum movie, the two movies they made, and yet critically acclaimed, huge box office hits, people still talk about those movies. Interesting how that works. And I like to compare them because it's the same concept, right? They took an old fucking show, made it to a movie, went harder with it than the show did. Except in this case, people were against it when Trump Street's case it actually went radar, because people forget this is PG-13 anyway. Uh, it actually went radar and actually went way further and people loved it more. So don't I, I I don't understand people sometimes. Yeah, I don't get it. People love to bitch. People love to be heard. That's a big part of it. Although I am confused of like why Dukes of Hazard was PG-13 when it clearly is so up against the line. It, oh, so many times. 
Yeah, like I think if this was R, I think people might have been on board a little bit more. Probably. I'm sure, especially because, I mean, you're looking at, like, well, as we get into actors, like, some of these actors and what they're coming off of, I think people would have been like, yeah, let's let's see what they can do with Radar. Um, but with that, that's, I guess, yeah, let's just get into, like, the production part of this movie. Um, unlike, you know, this part's called Development Hill. Well, guess what? This film actually kind of went smoothly. Um, another week where the film went pretty smooth in production. Um, so I just kind of figured this is a good chance to talk about uh the cast and the director because i'm sure you probably from you probably recognize that director's name or oh yeah at least, yeah um but directed by che Tr- Sekar. thank you i really didn't want to fuck it up but uh for those who don't know that name broken lizard fame he gave us super trooper yeah super trooper i was supposed to say starship because we did the episode but <laughs> Super I would trooper. love seeing that crew join the mobile infantry. That would be great. <laughs> um, Super Troopers 1 and 2, which is another one that I don't get why people hate 2. I thought it was funny. Fuck me though, right? Um, uh, Beer Fest, other films are escaping my mind because I'm dumb and don't have the list pulled up, but he's done a lot of comedy with those guys. Um, I personally really like that crew. I think they're funny as fuck. I love Super Troopers. I find Beer Fest really funny. Again, I'm apparently in a minority that thinks Super Troopers 2 is funny. Super Troopers 1 was pretty funny. I haven't seen 2, but I did work at a draft house, so I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it, it seemed funny. It was getting good numbers. Okay. Um. So, yeah, you know, he's directing this. So, again, I'm like, okay, we have a pretty talented – like, we have an, a guy who knows his comedy attached to this. Like, And he's – to his credit, I do think he knows how to, like, toe that line of PG-13 and R – Without going too far into R and Cuban impeach, I think he did a he knows how to tow it really well. Um, but with that, that's not the only talent in this film, right? There's also some pretty big fucking names in front of the camera. Like I actually forgot how many like big actors we have. Um, just to name a few here, we have Shawnee Knoxville, Sean William Scott, Jessica Simpson, Burt fucking Reynolds, Willie Nelson, <laughs> and David Ketchner. And then I forgot to list them, but uh, James Roday of Psych fame yeah. is in this as well. So, I mean, it this is a star-studded movie. Yeah, fucking uh, MC Ganey, character actor. Uh, he was in Lost and a lot of stuff. Uh, Joe Don Baker is fucking in this. He's the governor. Like, just people kept popping up. And I was like, what? What happened here? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, kind of go through. I mean, you have okay, Shine Knoxville. He's, I'm sure people really know who he is now because he's his new film, Jackass Forever, is coming out next next weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't even realize that, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a Jackass fame. He has a very successful fucking movie career as well. I mean, um, personally, I've always loved him in Walking Tall with The Rock. He fucking cracks me up in that so much. <laughs> Yeah, he's, you know, one of the few guys who have publicly announced he broke his dick. I admire him very much for that. Um, oh, yeah. Not for breaking his dick, but for admitting that he broke his dick. Well, it's because it works. That was the follow-up. Was that, it works, guys, don't worry. Yeah, I've had two kids since then. I love that. Um, didn't care for him in Men in Black 2. Then again, I didn't care for anything in Men in Black 2. Yeah. Uh, Men in Black 2 was okay. Um like I said, I think my personal my personal favorite is Walking Tall. Um, I know he also popped up. What was that? Oh, I was watching from Last Man Standing. 
The Last Stand. The Last Stand. There you go. Last Man Standing is the Tim Allen show. Um, <laughs> the Last Stand. He was in that. I thought he was pretty good. He he knows how to play like a really like just and, and you see it in the Jackass films. He's just really good at being the smart ass like sidekick character. He just aces it. Um. Oh, I didn't. I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned on his hot ones how you've seen Fidgety. Admittedly, this predates that interview, so I don't know the timing or it's like after the interview, but that he admitted recently, not just about breaking his dick, um, but on that stunt you see in the trailer for Jackass Forever when he gets hit by the bull, yeah. apparently he really fucked up his uh, head, like actual, like legit brain damage. Um, and he made, and he made the, yeah, he made the comment that, uh, he was actually having issues paying attention. Like they had to do a test on him to check his cognitive abilities and he scored like terrible on attention. And he said he couldn't like stop moving. He had to constantly move. And this was all while he was editing the film. So he's like, it was so hard. Cause he's like, I couldn't sit. I couldn't really focus. And um, they, they said, um, you know, he's fine now because they gave him these different like medications to take. And he took, and he goes, he actually kind of goes in my he's like 52 years of living or something like that since his 50s he's like it's the first time he's had to take medication especially first time for a stunt and he's like thank god they did that he's like i feel great now art is not safe <laughs> yeah when you guys sit there and give the jackass crew shit know that knoxville like suffered fucking brain damage for us that is fucking crazy. Honestly, makes a lot of sense. It puts that whole interview in perspective because he is, he looks like he's like having a small seizure the whole time. So that is interesting. Jesus Christ. To, to make it this long in your stunt career without serious brain damage and to get fucked on the last movie. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's what made him go like, I can't do this anymore after this movie. Wow. That's I'm glad he's alive. Jesus Christ. Everyone talks about Myth, uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. We need to talk about Knoxville and his crew. The fact that those fuckers are still alive because they haven't done drugs, but they've done some fucking bodily harm to yeah. themselves. I, mean, I don't know if, you know, Keith and Mick have ever broken, uh, broken their dicks, but I, don't, I mean, I don't think different. they'd be able to function without their dicks working if they still work. I don't. They're the rolling. I don't, I, they're, they're still fucking groupies. Come on. That's true. Of course, the if groupies are have, probably in their like 80s now. No, they get young 20 something year olds. If anything like Gal Hugh Kefner was doing it, they get young chicks that have the most disappointing sex of their lives. I, the guys just lay there, they pump them full of Viagra, and then they just ride until completion. Did you see that? That like a, it was revealed that like a, a cache of Hugh Hefner's like dirty photographs was discovered. No, I didn't. I did was, not hear about that. It was like, they found a, a box of like dirty photograph, like in of women in like compromising positions or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Hugh Hefner. What did you fucking expect? <laughs> yeah. That scenario I just said about the whole like thing on Viagra. I got that because that's how I think it was Holly Masson one the playgoers I used to be on the Girls Next Door show. Yeah. Um, we revealed that that's what they would do. Like, because she wanted to have sex with all the women that got put into his mansion. So, like, she revealed that, yeah, they lay him in, lay in bed, they pump him with some Viagra, and then there'd be a line of the women outside his door, and you took your turn. Isn't it amazing how we all just let Hugh Hefner slide? 
Like yeah. there was, everyone was just like, yeah, he's an old man in a house full of hot women. I doubt all of them want to be there, but they're there. And we're just going to, I guess he's just free go. Okay. Yeah. It's like people forget that, like, you know, that was probably cool when his dick was working and he could perform for them. But when you're in your, I think he, what, he was in like his 80s or 90s when he passed away. Yeah. At that point, like, it, your shit's not working. Like, even with heavy doses of Viagra, like, so it's probably disappointing for a lady in her fucking 20s. That's a living hell. I mean, when you're 90, your dick doesn't work and you're surrounded by hot women who want to fuck you. That's a living hell. At that point, he should have given it up to one of his kids, but I don't think they really wanted it. It's like being, you know, it's like going to Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but you don't have any teeth. <laughs> but you're determined to eat that candy. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I don't know how we got here, but this is... This Someone is just shovels it into your mouth. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but... If anyone needed some fizzy lifting drinks, it's you have. God. All well, right. We're talking about Sean and Scott some, the other big name in this movie. And he's weird because he went from R, like already having success in R-rated comedies to this PG-13 thing. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's weird. That's weird to me. Usually you go the other way. Yes, but I also think he actually pulled it off really well. Because I've always liked Sean William Scott. Like, I've always thought he's a really fine dude. I've heard from a lot of people he's a really nice guy. I never understood, like, what the fuck happened to him? I think, and this is just speculation. I haven't looked into anything. I have a feeling he might have known some shit about a producer or had some, you know, said no to somebody. Something happened. I think he, he got, you know, kind of like Brendan Fraser, that kind of thing. So that I think I read someone like he may have gone to rehab at some point. That too, yeah. So like I, I just don't know because I've I always I've always liked him. I've always thought there he just has this really like drama charisma and I mean I, for women I want he has he has look he has the looks as well for the lady. So like I've so all around he's a like I thought a really funny actor. Um I like him as stuff from American Pie. I like him in this movie. I liked him in the rundown. Like anytime he's in a comedy, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, Charmin Scott. Like he makes me laugh. I loved him in Evolution. He's, you know, he's great in that movie. We, if you listen to the Film Guys and podcast, you want to hear more of my thoughts on Evolution. Um, I love him as Country Mac in It's Always Sunny. That one episode, <laughs> motorcycle falls over. He's immediately dead <laughs> for all the crazy shit he does. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's always been like just a. Yeah, a good presence. Um, did you watch the credits the credits for this uh, movie, like the uh, the bloopers that were playing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I died laughing when they did the scene where like the chick kisses Knoxville, and then he backs up and goes, "What the fuck? That's the kiss he gets? What is this?" <laughs> I'd have to be an idiot. Like <laughs> that was good. Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> when he does it, it's like I would have to be an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I think he's hilarious. I I honestly thought he was going to be like a huge comedy star in the like late 2000s, but he just vanished. It was so weird. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really like, I don't think he's, he hasn't really had to come back. I don't see anything with his name on it popping up. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm he, legitimately kind of sad because I like him. He popped up in American Reunion, and then he did that movie Goon where he was like a hockey guy. And that was kind of it. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, it really boggles my mind because, like I said, I, I like him. I would have loved to continue seeing him. I think he was a really, I think he's a really talented uh, actor and comedian that I think people will kind of sleep on because everyone kind of forgot about him. So um, with that, we have Jessica Simpson, which I don't really have a lot to say about her because um, this is really the only film I like her in. Yeah, I've I've mostly, you know, just randomly heard in passing her crazy, you know, super uh, open personal life that we all have to know about. Like, you know, her constant, you know, her weight gain, her weight loss, her divorces, like it's just constantly in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think she's a case where she kind of, because of all that personal stuff, that's why she never really took off. Because I remember when, like, we were kids and, like, you know, like, this film and her music career at the time, like, you thought, like, she was going to be the next big thing. Like, everyone was talking about Jessica Simpson. And then that just kind of fizzled out. And again, I think it's, like you said, has a lot to do with all the crazy personal shit that was going on. Well, I never really understood, like, is she, when I was a kid, I was like, is she an actress? Is she a model? Is she a singer? Like, who is this lady who just is everywhere now? I remember just thinking, like, she's hot, but who is she? <laughs> Why do we have her? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, there were a couple of people in, like, that era where I was like, I've heard the names, but I don't know who the fuck these people are and why I should care. Yeah, but how... They still do that, although, like, this person takes, like, huge success on her, and they do a little bit of everything, and I'm like, okay, but what do you really do? Yeah. I don't like people who are just famous because they're famous. Like, oh, like Kardashians? Yeah. I, I always lumped her into that kind of zone. Yeah, that makes sense. No. Because I don't think she's that talented, and I guess everyone agreed because she kind of just faded out. Yeah. Well, I think everyone agreed, and then, like, because of, like I said, like you were saying, the constant weight gain stuff, like, the one thing, I'm not trying to be that person. I know, obviously, you want some modicum of talent when you're in this industry, but if you don't have that, you better have the looks, right? Weight gaining in that industry means you don't have the looks, which means now you've just lost the other asset you had. Well, I feel bad for her because the weight gain came from the, like, the spotlight. It, you know... It fucked her up mentally. That happens to a lot of people. And yeah. then Hollywood turned its back on her because they'd fucked her up. It's really sad. Yep. And you know what's sad? It doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon in Hollywood, unlike the Me Too movement would like to believe. What did the Me Too? The Me Too movement was a great idea, but I, I feel like it didn't do anything. Like people got called out. A couple people, like, Big names lost their jobs, but like people are coming back. Louis got a new special. Kevin Spacey's going to be in, in Franco Nero's new movie. Weinstein's st- shit keeps getting uh, dismissed. Cosby got free. Like what? What happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to hear when Marilyn Manson just gets back to making a comeback album out of nowhere. At this point, yeah, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm really pissed about that. Yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, she's probably definitely a mixture of like personal stuff and just victim of Hollywood. Um, I'm sure she's doing fine for herself now because I see her on Instagram. She's so definitely living the life of a, you know, a celebrity. So, well, she, she is in photographs. I can take a picture, make it look like I'm hot shit too. 
That's true too. What if like as soon as the picture goes on, like you just see like the, the canvas drop to the ground and it's just an alley? Jesus. At least give her an apartment. God damn. <laughs> She's just oh, homeless. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was that too far? A little bit, yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm not saying we need a happy ending, but like a you know, a, little, a lukewarm one would be good. Well, you're not getting a happy ending with this next actor because he's not longer with us, but Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I like my segue there? Yeah, well done. No, obviously we legendary, legendary, iconic um, actor um, who was actually pretty adept at comedy. Um, between this and the Adam Sandler version, The Longest Yard, I did not know he had like quite the funny bone in him. But I think what it is that he doesn't really crack jokes. He just plays it straight and it works in context of the film. Yeah, but also, like, why the fuck is he here? Like, this seems so beneath Burt Reynolds. <laughs> like, did he need the money? I don't know. I mean, Longest Yard makes sense because he was in the original. But this time, I feel like he just needed the money. I feel like they were trying to get someone big for Boss Hog. You know what I mean? They're like, it's Boss Hog. We got to get a big name. Well, I'm thinking, like, did Ned Beatty turn you down? Like, why? Burt Reynolds. He did, he did have that moment that still makes me laugh when they're at in the jail in Atlanta and the guy keeps saying dumb shit to him. He's like, <laughs> I'll pay $100. I'll give someone $100 whoever knocks that loud mouth out. And the dude knocks him out. And when he's leaving, the guy, don't you know you sure I'm real right after Labor Day? That was so weird. But that voice was, uh, that was funny shit. Yeah. <laughs> but um Burt Reynolds, he's um Oscar nominated actor, slumming the rest of these Yahoos. Um Boogie Nights, big thing that I always liked him in. You know, he plays the famous porn director who discovers Mark Wahlberg's giant cock. Uh huge, quite literally. Huge cock. Yeah. Apparently he kept it, Mark. I mean, I would too. Honestly, I would be like, I want to keep this. Well, he kept it. And then weirdly, like in the past five years, he's like walked back on that movie saying like, I shouldn't have done that movie. It's wrong. Like, fuck you, man. Just didn't Burt Reynolds express like the same thing shortly after the film came out. Yeah, he condemned it. He only did the movie because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson like assured him, like, if you do this movie, you will win an Oscar. And then he lost to Robin Williams for Goodwill Hunting. So after that, he was like, fuck this movie. I never should have done this piece of shit. Like, he just, yeah, not, not, not a good, not good form, buddy. Uh, it's amazing how they're, like, trying to work on, like, a film about porn and one that tries to give you a realistic look at that industry instead of, like, the over-centralized, over-centralization of it. But, you know, no, we can't do that. Okay, whatever. Look, Boogie Nights is a good movie. I like Boogie Nights. Don't let these actors... Be dumb, especially like look, Mark Robert. If you kept the cock, shut up. Now, here you want to hear some even further uh hypocrisy. Burt Reynolds did a fucking spread for Playgirl in like the 70s. So yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the, the sex in Boogie Nights is that fucking graphic anyway. You know what's weird? Boogie Nights and Orgasmo came out the same year. Boogie Nights got rated R and has like really hardcore sex scenes. Orgasmo doesn't and it's rated x yeah i don't get it this is why the mpa can uh suck one yeah 
You can suck a giant Dirk Diggler-sized cock, MPA. If it takes two of you, we understand because it was big. <laughs> yeah, Burt Reynolds. I, I want to like the guy, but honestly, the more I hear about him, the more he sounds like kind of a prick. Yeah, I, I like his movies. I think he's a good actor, but I've heard from a lot of people that he is that he was very difficult to work with and quite a prick. So, yeah, sounds like someone that I wouldn't like personally, but I, I like his career and what he's done. Um, mostly later stuff. Admittedly, I, one of my most favorite films of his is stuff like Boogie Nights and um, The Longest Yard, but that's just because I actually really enjoy that Adam Sandler movie. I think it's funny as fuck. I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit, which is like his big one. So maybe my mind will change when I finally watch that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I just keep seeing it advertised. I know, yeah, like I said, that's what got him famous. That's what everyone knew who he was. I think he was in Deliverance too, right? Yes, I've seen that. That was a pretty good movie. I got to watch that. I'm hesitant to watch that for obvious reasons, but it'll come up, I'm sure. It will. Oh, it will. I'm going to make okay. you sit this knowing that you haven't seen it now and I have. <laughs> It'll be on Filmgasm or Oscar Sunday at some point, I'm sure. Squirrel like a pig. Squirrel! Jesus Christ. I want to watch that. No, you will. I watched it. and Oh, it's not fun glory. Um, uh, speaking of thinking about, you know, you mentioned Burt Reynolds slumming it. Another name that I wasn't expecting this film, uh, country music legend... <laughs> Willie Nelson, <laughs> admittedly, not the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Well, I mean, no one's really following Uncle Jesse, are they? Like this, he's just there to kind of be Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Weirdly, we just like Austin and I just talked about Willie Nelson. He was in Thief, the Michael Mann movie we did a few weeks ago on Filmgasm. He's in that too. So like we just talked about Willie Nelson and here he is again. Weird how this shit lines up. That's so weird. I didn't know he was in that movie. I didn't I didn't know he really did any films outside of this because I, I just know him as, you know, country music star and yeah. a very huge advocate of smoking pot, like the hugest of huge. Well, they got that scene in the movie where he's in the smoker's barn and he's like, just making up like some barbecue and then everyone leaves with red eyes. Yeah. <laughs> The governor comes out as well. I'm like, God damn it. You got my vote. Well, I appreciate that, son. <laughs> and you're pardon me for doing this. Oh, what the hell? I'll pardon him for doing that, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just want to say a quick aside on Joe Don Baker. I'm a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And one of my all-time favorite episodes is a film called Mitchell from, like, 1975, where Joe Don Baker plays a, like, overweight, terrible cop trying to stop a drug ring in like LA. It is such a terrible movie. They mock him relentlessly. He found out, got super pissed and threatened to kick their asses. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious. Every time I see Joe Don Baker, I think Mitchell. So just wanted to throw that out there. Glad you have that in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Mitchell like a week ago. So again, great timing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's weird how everything is lining up with Dukes of Hazard. It's not the movie I thought everything would line up on. I know. It's great. It's wonderful. 
Um, and the last actor I have like noted here, I figured we could talk about because I don't know if we've really talked about, about him on any of the shows, but another personal favorite comedian of mine, um, David Ketchner. David, as uh, I think, as, as Cooter, I believe. Yeah, Cooter. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, most this... incredible mechanic of all time. He fixed the General Lee in like a day. <laughs> I, I love when they're like. <laughs> God, how come you're paying here or uh, your cousin Daisy? Is she seeing her? Not going to happen. You think she'd be interested? Not one bit. He's <laughs> like, how about a pair of them shorts? <laughs> Lou's like, no. No. He's like, well, then how about when you win the race, you pay me with money because that's how this works. <laughs> I love David Kegner. He's hilarious. Oh, dude, he's great. Obviously, Anchorman, right? With yeah. the. Whammy, yeah. Um, I liked him a lot in Krampus. I liked when he popped up in horror films randomly, like Krampus and Final Destination 5. And I'm like, why the fuck is David Kettner in these movies? But fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> oh, boy. he Yeah, fucking champ in, in Anchorman is my immediate go-to for David Kettner. The, <laughs> the whole chicken of the cave thing from part two. Always had me laughing. He's frying bats in his chicken restaurant. <laughs> bats supposed to be flying up there. Oh, sometimes they get loose. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's like secretly in love with Ron, and like it comes out sometimes. <laughs> I miss your scent. <laughs> he's fucking great. Oh, man. Yeah, that dude cracks me up. Um, and then like I, he's the last one I have noted on here. But I mean, outside yeah. of that, you have you, uh, be, this being like faint, filmed by one of the Broken Lizard guys. All of them pop up in this movie as like cameos. Um, Farva pops up as Sheaf, <laughs> weirdo conspiracy dude who never wears pants and wears armadillo helmets, like, and apparently yeah. goes back for the hot dog. That cracked me up for some reason. <laughs> he goes back and eats the hot dog. My favorite part of that was the one guy in the stand going, boo, when he did that. <laughs> like, one dude's like, no. no. <laughs> oh, my God. I yeah. like when they bring the gores on, they're like, you should be fine. And he comes in and goes, if you leave the gores here, I'll get anything. And I'm like, god damn it, chief. I love when he calls uh, Luke and he's like, it was a no-go. They didn't, they didn't listen to me. And he's like, were you wearing an armadillo helmet when you told them? <laughs> he's like, No. <laughs> yeah this was this is a funny movie i enjoyed this like what the hell yeah i i do this i don't get it and you know like so you kind of come off the actors like looking at it film right i even know it's like successful production it was very apparent from everyone making it that they wanted us to do it um in line with the show in honor of the show like you could tell that was what was happening it was getting made, but like I said, it comes out. Audiences for the most part seem to be liking it. it. Became a pretty decent box office success. Like I said, critics, like you point out and we point out earlier, absolutely hated it. Longtime fans were bitching about it, and you know, I was looking into it, thinking, well, why did people hate this? So, like, why were they so picky about it? And then this is what I feel like would be a great, great talking point for us. A lot of them felt that the movie was over sexualizing the show that this was too much sexualization 
of a family-friendly product. Are people aware that Jessica Simpson did not, like, she was not synonymous with the term Daisy Duke first? They are aware of that. Like, Daisy Duke shorts became popular because of the show, because she's hot and, and sexualized in the show. Like, the show is not this, like, Bible Belt, you know, dreamland. It's a show about two idiot rednecks fucking shit up in Georgia and their hot cousin getting them out of jams. That's the whole damn show. <laughs> yeah. And He's most people remember from that show, Daisy Duke and her short shorts, which we all call nowadays Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Literally, That's how many... Yeah, like how many times have you seen some hot chick out there? Let's go be, you know, to our basic instincts here, guys. And she's wearing short shorts, especially in the state of Texas, where I know you're, you know, where we grew up, or I mostly grew up in, and you've spent, you've now spent a good chunk of your life at. Um, but summer comes around, right? In that state, the amount of women that wear Daisy Dukes, attractive women. We're Daisy Dukes. We don't call them short shorts. We don't. I know booty shorts is actually their term I hear a lot. But uh, you hear people say it all the time Daisy Dukes. Where did that come from? Not the 2005 film, the 70s TV show. So it's not like what people took from that show wasn't the cousins. It wasn't the fucking general, well, the general lead to an extent. Um, but it wasn't the family friend aspect. It was literally her. Like she has probably lived the longest out of this show. Yeah, straight up. This is a, you know, I think from what I know about the Dukes of Hazard, this is pretty damn close. I, I don't really know what people wanted. Like, it's uh, it just, you know, it's more complaints, more baseless shit that people just want to be upset. You know, oh, no, it's, you know, sex sells. Get used to it. Right. And what kills me is that they make such a big deal about it in a movie that is PG-13. How dare a PG-13 film that can't show you any... I, I don't know how it was in 2005, but they're not supposed to be showing you even them pumping, if you will, when they have sex in a PG-13. You cannot see thrust. No thrusting. Um, <laughs> don't you dare do it. Um, but how does a PG-13 film go too far with sexual age? Like This isn't rated R. I'm not seeing Jessica Simpson get railed out by every fucking dude in Hazard County. I'm not seeing like creepy ancestral shit with the cousins. Like why, how is this too much? Like, yes. Okay. It's made more. I think Luke is pretty much like a man whore, but again, the show made it seem like they're the good old boys. As someone who grew up in a small town in Texas and you know, you grew up a good chunk there too. We know what good old boys are actually like. I mean, if you're wondering, they fuck a lot. They're supposed to be, you know, late, like, you know, 20 year old something, you know, idiot rednecks who just want to have a good time. That's the whole point of the show and the movie. And, you know, it is like you said, it is PG-13. The most you see is uh, Jessica Simpson in a bikini at one point. Like that's as hardcore as it gets. Yeah. Um, of course, I bought the unrated cut because I do want to see if it goes further. But not, no, she doesn't get naked. Damn it. Well, I got a I got a trip to make. I think there's there's like nudity somewhere else. I think it's in the college sequence that the unrated comes in. They have some of the girls actually be nude that they see. That makes sense. Well, I'll keep it. What the hell? 
but still it's like even if you know you can't access the unrated cut unless you like hunt it down so it's not like any kid's gonna stumble upon this shit and even so who cares it's just sex it yeah and like if this is too far for you you must not be aware of the fact that there's probably hundreds of fucking dukes of hazard porn parodies out there that are going to go way farther with no good acting and no actual storyline to be had well, it's not like this show had incredible, story, you know, plot lines anyway. <laughs> I know, but you get my point. Like, yeah. if you're going to complain about this, you must be fully unaware and living in a blissful, amazing world where the porn parodies of this show don't exist. And trust me, if you type it into Google or Pornhub or any other site you want to get on, they will pop up a plenty. So, well, it just sounds to me like more, you know shit from the the bible belt you know good old boys the south of razagan motherfuckers you know desecrating the, the confederate flag or some fucking shit so i don't give a shit what they think anyway no because for me this was a film that completely got what made what people latched onto with the show and ran with it and yes emphasize things more like they definitely Yes, yeah, something does go a little bit more with like Daisy Duke sexualization, but that's because they can get away with it more. It was 2005, not the 1970s. You had Jessica Simpson in her 20s at the time. So I was like, why not go for it? Right. And she was apparently game. So why not? They up uh, the humor quotient with um, Knoxville and Sean Scott, because again, I think these two are fucking great together. Um, and they do play on a lot of that stuff, like you uh, mentioned with the General Lee earlier, and you thought that that was something that people would take. And they have that really funny scene when they're going to Atlanta, and everyone keeps making fun of them. <laughs> you wait for your clan rally, asshole. They're like, what? Like, they didn't even know. <laughs> uh, which, again, one could say ahead of its time, maybe. Hmm, with all the stuff going on nowadays, people. Yeah, it, you know, the, the boys aren't super, you know, jazzed that there's a rebel flag on top of their car. They're kind of like, oh, damn it. Yeah. So, like, it's it's not, you know, it's an iconic piece of the car that they left in the movie, but they also redeemed the characters a little bit for not embracing it, which was smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they redeemed them. They even have that. Then they have even more fun with it after the whole chase sequence, which by far is like one of the best parts of the film, in my opinion, that whole chase sequence through Atlanta with the ACDC songs playing and, and Bo just being pissed. I love that. Bo, look at the word. Bo, look at the road, Bo. <laughs> it was my time. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I'm telling you, Sean Rivers got fucking great. God. Yeah. Good shit. That was funny. I loved hearing ACDC's uh, If You Want Blood, which is one of my favorite songs of theirs. I've never heard that in a movie before. So I was like, I was pumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I love that they when they pick it is when he finds out that oh she was wearing that shit for uh, Luke, not Bo, and he's just like, God, that's great. And I love that you want to meet your maker, Luke, because you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> those those car stunts, fucking hell, those were impressive. Like yeah, that wasn't dude. CGI; those were legit stunt drivers, man. Yeah, I think I remember. I think I remember watching behind the scenes thing one day when they were like showing it on HBO one day. And, like, yeah, they talked about that. And, like, all the car stunts were, like, practical. They did not CGI. Like, all those jumps and stuff they did, stuntmen in the car doing it. And I, Props, so they had, yeah, I think they had at least, like, numerous General Lees on hand to account for it. And, yeah, it yeah, it fucking holds up. That's why I said I don't get it. It's, like, the stunt work in this film is good. 
and the, the comedy hits like i think it's really really funny <laughs> the whole campus scene with the do you know why i pulled you over uh no isn't it what we going to speed limit isn't it 10 or something he goes yeah you're going eight <laughs> like are you police campus police and they just scoff and drive away <laughs> i love it too, he just goes my god <laughs> one of my favorite moments was when they discovered the dixie horn and bo's loving it and like after three times looks like enough <laughs> knoxville's reactions to a lot of bo shit was cracking me up with just in the, just like those times in the barns ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this is good all right yeah um before we go on to because that's really it like like i said uh, this film was made without a hitch a lot of people that are bitching about it are just apparently mad that i guess the show was a was a family friendly daisy duke only wore pants not short shorts are named after her unless you want to say booty shorts but actually booty shorts are shorter than daisy duke so that's the difference folks um uh and yeah they just thought it was i guess too sexualized and i guess they just didn't like the comedy i like i know a lot of the things were saying like it's brain brain dead and lame like so whatever um before we move on to awards are there any more funny scenes that stood out to you you would like to discuss um why would uh, we have a chance to shower praise on this film <laughs> Uh, let me think real quick. Um, nothing's coming to mind. I know for me, um, I know, I hope it's not controversial, but when they are impersonating those uh professors to get the guy guy's information, like that to me was funny. I was, I was laughing because I'm like, why do you think they're <laughs> these are the two whitest dudes and you're really going with it? <laughs> I did laugh my ass off when. He's when the guy's like, you're Japanese. And Bo just goes, we converted. <laughs> this fucking idiot. No wonder he's a C average student. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought it was funny that Bo kept fucking fading. <laughs> he still does that. Yeah. He couldn't even talk to her. Like, I just, you're the prettiest girl in the world. Like, he was stumbling onto his words the whole time. <laughs> And when he like he he did that super terrible Australian accent to talk to the the Australian girl, and she just stares at him like, okay, (laughs) all right, that's how they talk. And Luke's just looking at him like you're a fucking idiot. Oh boy, yeah, this was all right, but this is beyond the bad, so we got to throw out some negativity here. Yes, yeah, so with that, um, we're going to move on to our awards. Um, look, I'm gonna be upfront and before you take yours. I'll just say mine are just small nitpicky things. I did really enjoy the living shit out of this movie. I, I don't get the hate, but with that, we're going to talk about the Zack Snyder, the worst scene. Um, what scene did you did you pull out of this? This was the hardest one because honestly, I didn't have anything I like any scene in the movie I didn't care for. Uh, so I went with something that I wish had gone further. And that's the scene where they get um, almost attacked by the gangbangers who think they're wearing blackface. 
when they drive up in a fucking Confederate car with like black shit on their face. And these guys are like, we're going to kill these assholes. And then the cops show up and it's two black cops. I wanted more. I think they could have dragged more comedy out of that instead of just going straight to prison or to jail. Like, I think there was a lot of potential there that didn't, that maybe there's more in the unrated cut, but I wanted more from that scene. So I went with that. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. They, they probably could have gone further with that. Cause I remember, yeah. Cause it was like a really good payoff. Cause you have the earlier scene when they're talking to the C average student, when Bo just, or Luke randomly wants to do that trick on Bo and pull his shit to the thing. And then they get the fucking shit exploded onto them. <laughs> so they have essentially like blackface essentially is what it looks like. And now they end up in that neighborhood with the fucking rebel flag on top of their car that we got pointed out earlier. And it's like, Oh shit, this is just, you think it's going to keep escalating, escalating, escalating. And then no the cops get there. The two black cops and they cut the show. Yeah. I was hoping like, it's funny, but it could have been it could have been way funnier. Like they could have milked a lot more comedy out of that scene. Oh yeah, especially with the people they had. And um, I mean, with your two stars, like I feel like they both would have been game to go further with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, what's yours? Um, mine again. It was tough because I was like, I pretty much like really like this film. So I just picked something that, in contrast to what the show is, um somewhat fills out of place even though it does have a lot of funny moments um i just put the college campus sequence in atlanta uh specifically just because the in with the show in the movie it to me it works the best when it is taking place in hazard county it's the two small town guys having their thing and while i do think a lot good chunk of the atlanta stuff is actually really good like i said the whole fucking car chase through the city when they're actually getting in there and they make the joke about how they're just stuck in traffic works and i still think there's a lot of funny jokes with the college campus stuff but if i were to like my nitpick would be it's just out of place in contrast to what the dukes of hazard is known for that would be my nitpick yeah that's fair enough it's uh it is i thought it was weird that they did put a, a substantial chunk of the film outside of hazard county that probably pissed off the, the you know the loyal fans if you will yeah, because like kind of like how you were saying with like more in that scene, they could have had it take place more in Hazard County and had more interactions between with the boys and Boss Hog and uh, Roscoe and all of them, and and obviously their cousin Daisy, who kind of like they only interact at the beginning of the film and then like at the end that's about it. Um, so they could have done more with having that dynamic throughout by having it take place and um hazard more but again like i said there's a lot of shit i do like in the sequence that makes me fucking laugh so nitpick you know um which next to the next award to nitpick on um worst line or ed wood what what did you come up with i said i have one simply because it was like unnecessary and we didn't really need it it was during the phone book sequence where they're smacking each other and knoxville just throws the book right at uh sean william scott's balls and he just yells right in the ball sack like yeah we saw we don't need you to narrate that one (laughs) like it just was unnecessary yeah it's yeah um it doesn't i mean yeah it doesn't make me laugh because i see it yeah exactly but it's also like one of those again one of those small lines that's like it doesn't hurt me to hear it i'm just like hey you're taking it out i would have i would have not noticed yeah 
Um, for mine, I had two, and they're actually in the same exact scene. And I picked them because in relate and in relation to that, I know the film sexualizes Daisy Duke for obvious reasons, but like these were just like more because like I picked these something, and if you ever said this to a woman, wow, way to come off strong at the beginning. And that's when he this uh, the random dude tries to say his two pickup lines to Daisy Duke. And, you know, the scene in the bar when they're like, you shouldn't, don't do it, man. She'll kill you. Because, you know, the whole town knows about the fucking, the Dukes. Um, and the guy, his first line to her is, I noticed your initials will double D. <laughs> Which, granted, he wasn't wrong. I actually think that's how he sounds like, oh, shit, it is double D. <laughs> um, and then after that, he follows that up with, do those legs come over easy? <laughs> and he smacks her ass, which was not smart. Yeah, again, it's this film sexualizes Daisy Duke throughout, just like the show did. Um, before we just say the movie did, I only know the show did too. Um, but just more of a like, why would you say that to a woman ever? Like, I don't understand guys out there that just like that's how I'm going to hit on a woman is immediately say that. I, I get that there are women that that is fine, you can go that hard and they'll fucking come right back at you. That's not every goddamn woman out there though, so that should not be your go to. <laughs> I feel like the film also like empowers Daisy Duke a bit because she she's well aware of how hot she is and she uses that to her advantage to help her family. She also, you know, she helps Jesse distill the moonshine. Like she's not an idiot. No. Like she's she's not just a hot blonde. Like she actually does have some worth as a character, which is which is good. Yeah. And in that scene alone, like like you said, like if you notice at first the boys stay out of it. Like, it's very, it's very aware, like, you already get the sense that, like, if they have to, they're going to step in and defend her because that's their cousin. Um, and like you said, with, like, he, you know, just alone with Cooter trying to get the date with her and Luke just immediately not going to happen. So, you, you know, you sense that there is a protectiveness from the boys with her, like, you don't fuck with her. But at the same time, like you said, the movie does a great job of her being strong enough that in that scene, the boys don't help at first, she takes care of it. Yeah, like, you know the guy says his two lines. He smacks her on the ass, and then she fucks him up. And only when the fight really starts breaking out do the boys get involved. Which oh yeah, that was one of my favorite parts was watching Sean William Scott launch himself into the fucking air <laughs> with a helmet on constantly. Did uh did Knoxville do his own stunts in this too? I think so. Yeah, usually when he does his movies, um, he will do his own stunts unless they're like no. I think like the car stuff, they told him, no, you're not doing it. <laughs> that was, that was smart. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, he's, he's usually very, very down, even in his film to do his own stunts. I figured, I figured. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just remember that. Just, and then when the, the, the fight stops, cause Roscoe gets in there, a boss hog or whatever. And he's just, you see fucking Sean Williams car flying through the air. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. This just decided him watching with that helmet on. We're just, I was dying. I'm like, God, he is really committing to this. Um, <laughs> I did, uh, thinking of Daisy, before we go on to the next award, when you mentioned Empowered, I did like how they fucking, uh, uh, they turn it around, subvert it on the last joke at the end when she gets about to get the whole police force to follow her. So they're just like, oh my God, it's Daisy Duke, guys. And that one female, what the hell are you guys doing? You can go fix your own damn car, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was really good. That was smart. That's funny. Yeah, that made me laugh. Um, for the next next one, 
or Steven Seagal, our worst performance. Who in a film that I thought pretty much everyone was bringing it, did you think was the worst performance? I'm recording on this one for once. I've, I've already kind of touched on this. Um, I went with Burt Reynolds. I think he was a little miscast and I feel like he doesn't care. And there's moments where I feel like he's just phoning it in where he's just kind of like, I don't feel a lot of committal to him. Like I do with the rest of these guys. Uh, I feel like he was just a name to get some recognition on this thing. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, he's not in a, you know, when a lot of the other actors are making me laugh throughout and, you know, this is boss hog. Like this is a pretty iconic character from the show and their main antagonist in the show. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't fully bring it. Also, don't think there's like enough scenes with him interacting with the guy, the boys in general. Yeah. For you to even get any sense of danger. Um, so, yeah, I get that. He, do, he does, um, you get someone like Burt Reynolds for this character, and it does kind of come off underwhelming. Um, yeah. So the most memorable scene I have is that Joel sequence, and that's because I do think that part finally has the guy pay to knock him out, and that one jackass still says his comment. <laughs> Yeah, I like that little, like, he stops briefly and then just keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> um, with mine, I went I, I went with country legend Willie Nelson. Um, I don't think he's terrible, but I just don't think he's great. Like, I think kind of like Burt Reynolds, he doesn't really bring a lot to Uncle Jesse in the movie. And again, a little bit is kind of movies, folks. We don't get a lot of Uncle Jesse to even begin with. Yeah. But what we do get, Nelson doesn't leap out to me. Like the rest, I do think he's very alive in that scene with uh, when him and Knox are on the car and he's just t- saying the jokes and throwing the fucking like homemade fucking moonshine grenades into the onto the road. Like that part, I feel like he was really alive on. I think that had a lot to do with the energy that Knoxville was bringing to it. In that scene, I kept thinking, like, how are they going to explain this one when they inevitably like go free i'm like the governor pardoned them but i'm thinking like they are throwing molotovs at police officers right now <laughs> like that's that's they're going straight to prison for this shit like i hope it's worth it boys <laughs> daisy will get them out she always does <laughs> yeah yeah i get it willie nelson's he's, he's willie nelson he's not gonna play anybody else he's gonna play willie nelson yeah he's, he's earned the right to do that and yeah yeah he's here to you know I think he's the only one in the movie with an actual Southern accent. This is true. <laughs> so he's, he's our Southern representation, I guess. Yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense. I get it. Like I said, it's, it's really not like in the case of other verse performances, but I said, I'm like, no, this person's awful. I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'll go with him. Like literally most of the stuff is like, yeah, sure. I'll go with that. So Yeah. I'm sure maybe if he had more screen time, I probably would have wound up to him a tad bit more, but it is what it is. Um, finally, the last one before you are silver lining, the Michael Bay versus filmmaking decision. Again, this, I don't know about you, but this was the toughest fucking thing to figure out for me in this movie. It wasn't for me. Cause I knew after I found out what the film was rated, I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be missing something for me. The worst decision in the filmmaking process was making this thing PG-13. Like it should have been R. There's clearly moments in this film that wanted to push, like wanted to, to uh, push past the line, but couldn't. 
So there's moments that are kind of hampered by that. Hence why there's an unrated cut. So that I think if it had been rated R, I think it might've been even funnier. No, I agree. I think especially, you know, I know I mentioned earlier, but a lot of these actors like Knoxville, you know, he's known for Jackass, which is an R-rated series. He's done plenty of R-rated comedies. Um, John Romero Scott, he's coming off of, you know, the American Pie films, which are R-rated R. And um, so, like, you have guys who have worked within R-rated comedy realms. So it's like they can do it and they're very, they're very good at it. So it's interesting that you get them and you make a PG-13 film. But at the same time, I kind of feel like I get the battle I'm sure that the director had because, yeah, you could make it rated R, but and you could go like the Trump shoot route and say, like, we know it's family family, we'll make it rated R. And I'm sure his battle at that time was because I, you know, Trump Street wasn't out yet, so no one knew if this was going to be profitable or a thing. Um, was do we make it PG 13 and stick with like, you know, that somewhat family aesthetic that the show had, or do we go further? I'm with you. I would have just gone further with it because um, apparently, even making it PG 13 and trying to stay as true to the show as possible still pissed fans off. So if, at this point, I would have been like, we're just going to go for broken rated R. If you're on board, you're on board. And if you're not, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, but, you know, it doesn't kill the movie. It's still really funny and still worth a watch. I just could have, I, I don't, I want to hear these guys swear. That's that's pretty much the most of it. Like, yeah. Why aren't they swearing? Yeah. I want, yeah. No, I'm with you. I want to hear them swearing. Look, I, I'll admit it would have been nice to see Jessica since I'm time making. I'll admit it. I'll say it. I'm cool with it. Yeah. So uh, for me, I picked like literally the smallest fucking scene in this thing because it feels slightly out of place in a film that other than narration does not break the fourth wall. And that's really after the super hot Jessica Simpson in her bra and panty scene to Deputy Enos or Enos, as they keep kind of saying with their fucking accents. <laughs> um, and after she leaves, he turns around, stares directly at the camera and quickly smiles. Only because this film hasn't done any fourth wall breaking at all, it just feels out of place. Yeah, it did feel weird. That did feel odd. Yeah, so it's something that, like, for me, I was like, you could have just not had that. You could have just cut that out and moved on with the next scene, next show, whatever. You didn't really need to have... It would have made more sense if they were pulling a Deadpool and, like, constantly breaking fourth wall. But... Because and this is just my first premise. If you're going to break the fourth wall, you do it throughout the whole fucking movie, right? You dead, yeah. you do your Deadpool type thing or your Fight Club type of thing, right? Wolf of Wall Street, you go for go the whole way through. And if you're not going to do it, you don't do it. I don't even put in this one quick little scene because it just feels out of place at the end of the day. But again, it's, it's a nitpick. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I got it. yeah, it's a good one. It's a weird one. Um, but like, you know, there's not really, there's no moment of this film. that's like, oh, that's why it's a bad movie. Like it doesn't have that. It's more just kind of, you know, we as a society just kind of accepted that this was a bad movie. Yeah. It's like society came here and went, this is a terrible film. We should all hate it. Cause the whole time I was watching it, I was waiting. Cause like I said, it's been a couple years. So I was like, all right, I'll wait. Maybe there's something I, 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 that has an age role for me that was funny when I was a kid. It's probably not really that funny now. Like, it's fine. 
And as it went on, I literally, because I always have like my notepad, you know, my pen with me ready to write. And I remember sitting there kind of looking at them going, I got to figure something out to write because holy shit, like, I can't, like, everything's to me age well. It's still really funny. Like, I just, it, ugh. Yeah, totally get it, man. Yeah. Um, I guess with I, that, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was about to say with that, you know, let's go to our server lining, which I feel like was easy for us with this. Um, I got a feeling we probably get the same thing. I could be wrong. I have a backup in case we have the same thing. But with that said, what's your silver lining? So I had a few things here. I had the uh, the impressive uh, car stunt work. I had uh, seeing Jessica Simpson in a bikini. That was a big plus for this movie. Uh, but honestly, I had to go with my gut. The fucking soundtrack. This movie has a killer soundtrack. ACDC, ZZ Top, Ram Jam, Mountain, James Gang, Willie Nelson. Jesus Christ. They put, they did not hold back with the soundtrack. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I've been watching them. God, the soundtrack, especially because I've been watching Peacemaker. And I've been like, I know you said you're about to watch it, but that's another show that's like, this soundtrack just is just like killer. And I'm one of those like, if you have a killer soundtrack with something that I'm already enjoying, I'm going to like it even more. And it's the same here. Like I said, the, the ACDC songs they were choosing at times to play it. Even here in the fucking, I think it was like Black Betty or whatever, at one point that they started playing, I'm like, oh, God. Like, yeah, it has a kick-ass soundtrack that fits with the vibe of the film, you know, with the setting and the tone they're going for. Like, everything music-wise fits with the movie they're making. Yeah, it's fun. I love, you know, even at the end hearing Willie Nelson sing the the Dukes of Hazzard theme song, it's still kind of like, ah, neat. (laughs) Yeah, I like how he's singing, and then they got, like, the bloopers playing in the background. Yeah, I like, apparently, Johnny Knoxville kept showing Sean Williams got his dick, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> but he got stuck on the barbed wire, and he just, like, teabagged yeah. him, and he's like, help! <laughs> I, I like I hear him be like, be a pro and get away from me, help! <laughs> be a pro, man! I'm like, no, 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 no. You have a film, Johnny Knoxville, where your cat's on Johnny, Johnny Knoxville, and you will not get the jackass out of Johnny Knoxville, even when he's doing a legit movie. <laughs> That's, yeah, hilarious. Uh, if we were rating this thing, I would give it an eight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So would I. Um, at first, I was like, maybe it sounds like, no, I, I give it an eight. I actually, I had a, I was like, I have a fun time with this film. I would absolutely watch it again. Just um, just to bother people, I would like to point out that I also gave an eight to Citizen Kane, which means I hold these films at equal value. <laughs> I hope someone it, out there is pissed off by that. This is how our podcast ends because we get assassinated by whoever get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Oh, God. Never um, compromise your beliefs. Anyway. <laughs> God damn it. For me... Uh, so yeah, I was, I had, I had actually initially put down Jessica Simpson in general, you know, obviously the bar and panty scene, um, and any other scene, I mean, dear God, the woman just looks great <laughs> as Daisy Duke, nice legs, nice, like, goddamn, just wow. So I did write that, but I thought, no, cause I know Connor probably has that written down too. Cause I feel like that's just the go-to. 
So that is like, I will say that's, that's my number one. I'll say it's my number one. My number two, though, and I've said it before, is absolutely the chemistry between Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott. I absolutely believe these two are cousins that would do whatever it takes to help each other out. Like they are so great together in this movie. Yeah, you're right. They are great. They have a fantastic chemistry. Honestly, I would have, I wish there was a sequel. I want to see more of these guys. Yeah. And obviously they, it looks like they've, they've carried it. Cause I don't know. I know you said you were going to watch the films before the new one comes out. Um, but Sean and Scott pops up quickly. And like, uh, I think check us three. <laughs> which was after you know well after dukes of hazard so it sounds like they've stayed in touch great well, that's something to look forward to yeah next week i'm gonna marathon the jackass movies oh you text me as you're watching them because i i want to see if you're into that like just them doing stupid shit as much as i am oh i de- the, the the preview for four is cracking me up i i i'm i'm gonna enjoy these okay you'll have a great time let me i'll give you a quick like what to expect the first one doesn't go super super far for a movie because it was their first movie. They didn't know what they could and could not do. They were very used to the MTV censorship yeah. of the show. But like two and three, they go for it because they, you know, they had their success with the film. And also the first one mostly takes place outside of America and Japan. So you could get away away with more there. Oh um, <laughs> and um, and it, it is funny. I really like the first one, but like with two and three, two there's an immediate uptick in what like the shit they're willing to do because they even said they're like the first one was successful it was our experiment we realized we could do a lot more with it than we could ever do with the show so they're like with two they just went fucking full steam ahead with that mentality beautiful <laughs> yeah it'll be fun um yeah no, I'm, I'm very excited when you watch those because goddamn, i love those films. i might be watching them. i just fucking love watching those movies i think they're um, all on paramount plus right yeah, yeah. As far as I know, they're still on Paramount Plus. Is the show there? The show, I'm not sure. Um, I will double check. I want to say it is. It was an MTV show. It should be on there. Because um, there is some... I, I The show was fine to me, too. Like, they did get away with a decent amount of stuff on the show. I mean, you, you see them when they're really young. I mean, they're in their 20s, for God's sakes, when they were doing that. Well, if I find the show, I'll watch some of that too, but I, I do plan on watching the movies. It's not like I need continuity for this shit. I just want to enjoy them. Oh, yeah. I Look, it's absolutely not about continuity. It's just about watching it and enjoying it and it kind of seeing what I mean when I say like you sense their friendship throughout this when you watch the movies. So, especially um, th- this is a series, don't ever turn it off on the credits roll because they actually still play shit while the credits are rolling. They're still show like skits and shit. That didn't make it into the film. So always watch the credits as well. Gotcha. Can't wait. <laughs> oh yeah. It's gonna be fun. Um now that we have on that tangent, what would it come next week when we talk about Jackass forever? Um <laughs> let's move to our next segment. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Okay, so I've got five for you here. Uh, this film is sitting at a 2.1 out of five stars on Letterboxd. Uh, that is way too low. Showgirls has a higher score than this. Fuck. I know. Letterboxd. I know. <laughs> uh, and there is a lot of hate. There's a lot of love, though. But there's some funny shit people have said about this movie. So here are five. I hope I can make you laugh. 
Number one, this is from Justice Brashers. Southern Fast and Furious was pretty cool. Three stars. Southern Fast and Okay. (laughs) Number two, this is from Bless Mess. The first time I realized that life is long, amoral, and void of meaning was when this ended and the four other preteen boys I saw this with asked if I wanted to come over later and watch a Larry the Cable Guy comedy special. Half a star. (laughs) (laughs) He had a Southern fried day and it didn't work out. (laughs) Um, All right. That was good. Number three, this one was just I was like, what the fuck? This is from Squid Dad. This happened to my buddy Eric. One and a half stars. Wait, what? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Happened to my buddy Eric? <laughs> what Sir? part? Jesus. What part? <laughs> what what the whole movie? Does your buddy Eric have a hot cousin? <laughs> your buddy Eric driving a Confederate car and pissing off a like Powerful man, boss hog. I have so many questions about Eric. Do you have cousins um, named Bo and Luke as well? That's funny. It's like, that happened to my buddy. <laughs> Just, what? All right. Number four. Fa- uh, this is from Sid Solis. Father, forgive me. The entirety of the movie, I thought Burt Reynolds was Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. have to do with the movie. Oh boy. I could actually see Billy Bob Thornton pulling off probably a pretty good boss hog. He would have been a great choice. One, he actually has a southern accent. That's probably important to some people. <laughs> uh he practically played Boss Hog in Intolerable Cruelty. Like he's the same fucking character. Anyway. And number five, this is from Old Sanj. Can I say it's good? No. Do I love it? Fuck yes. Great tits, great accents. Willie Nelson, end review. Three stars. <laughs> this guy knows exactly what he wants from a movie. I respect that. Yeah, he. this is a man that he goes in going, I just want tits, ass, Willie Nelson. Is that like your stipulation for every movie? Like if Willie's not in this, I'm not watching it? Yeah, because if so, you hate a lot of movies. <laughs> you only get to watch like four. Yeah, he's not having an illustrious film career. And if you're talking about tits and ass, like, what's the what's the what's the metric on this? Do you need to see it? Like, do how, what's the clothes layer ratio here that we're talking about? Because that also limits the amount of films you're going to like, sir. I love the end review. Like, enough said. I know what I'm <laughs> <Mike> about. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Like, fuck it. I love I love looking at this shit. Like these guys, the uh, the Larry the Cable Guy thing made me laugh. I was. I saw. I'm really wondering about that one dude's uh, buddy Eric. (laughs) I I wonder if he leaves that on every movie he watches. Like, hey, that happened to my my buddy. Just to like initiate a conversation. A Serbian film. Yeah, that happened to my buddy Eric. Wait, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Independence Day. Oh yeah, my buddy Eric went through that. He just (laughs) Underworld. Yeah, my buddy Eric went through that. Jesus Christ. Fucking Ice Age. Oh, yeah. Eric went through that. <laughs> At some point, 
you're a fucking liar. And Eric, I don't think exists. <laughs> oh, Eric well, that's what's idea. in the box. <laughs> wow. Uh, interesting reviews. Um, yeah, this honestly, I, I know we said we kind of had a hard time with Doom, but honestly, picking stuff for the awards for Doom was actually pretty easy for me, as much like this film. This was legitimately probably the hardest week of this show for me in our very like early, you know, infant run of four episodes because I didn't hate this film. I had a fun time with it. And there was really, when I was looking, I was like, there's not really anything I'd actually pick for these awards unless I'm like really nitpicking, which is what I end up doing. Well, those are, I think, are going to be the best episodes in some way because now we have a new film to kind of add to our repertoire where we're like you know what misunderstood i'll take it. i'll take care of this i'll take care of you movie yeah we're adopting this shit there's so much better than the show <laughs> ah yeah this is fun yeah it was um before i go what next week's episode is our fun filled rundown of social media uh facebook twitter instagram you can find us on those three like everyone else on the film guys and productions. If you want to shoot us an email, maybe a recommendation, even though I have the schedule made for six months in advance, ladies and gentlemen, I'm willing to budge depending on the film and what's going on, but also don't fully count on it depending on schedule because I have a life outside this podcast also. Um, recommendations, suggestions, nothing set in stone. However, Filmgasm, much more flexible. So if you want to hear us, like that's where you can kind of count on recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> But don't don't be afraid to send them here too, because I do. I will look at them and be like, oh, I can't put this on schedule down the line by all means. Um, but to do that, uh, filmgasm.gmail.com. If you like to donate and support us in any way, you can find us on Anchor. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but we would appreciate it. Um, and then finally, we have a website called filmgasm.com, where you can find reviews, trailers, articles, and all of our episodes on there. Um, we don't have a visual part, so you're just listening to us. So, but if you want to do it on the website, you can do it. Yeah. And with that, next week, join us as we discuss a film filled to the brim with stories of everything going wrong, and a very and a now because of allegations, notorious director that did actually leave production, but he did originally. He was originally attached. Um, the Island of Dr. Moreau, the one with Brando and Kilmer. If you're wondering which version, that one, yeah, the bad one, <laughs> definitely. <Yeah. laughs> um, as for what we're doing on our other shows on Oscar Sunday, we have 1948's The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I'm not familiar with this film, so I don't have much more to tell you on that. This is a badass adventure film, uh, a film about gold transforming men into monsters. And definitely the character Humphrey Bogart plays in this film is the template for Indiana Jones. So this is quite a significant film in, in pop culture history. Okay, nice. Should be exciting then. I didn't know that. I, I learned something today. Yeah. On sneak preview, um, I think I'm, I'm safe in seeing what we're doing because it's pretty like set in stone um, because it's in our week where... Whereas last week, nothing new came out. Theater-wise, at least. This week, other than a Shutter film that I'm going to watch, hopefully tomorrow, if I'm lucky. Um, 
there's this there's one film coming out that I don't think e- either one of us are super hopping on the train to see like immediately this weekend. The Cyrano. C- 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 Cyrano, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, we're not exactly hopping on the train. So instead, we're going to do since we did top ten most anticipated films, we're going to do top five least anticipated of the year films that like we could absolutely care less about. Um, hint, hint to what's going to be our number one. I think for both of us. We've talked about it numerous times already. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, basically, this is the only time we're going to talk about these movies on this show at length. They are not going to be episodes because we don't fucking care. Yeah, well, most part, I feel like I might pick some stuff that would be episodes. I just don't care about the films. We'll see, though. Well, mine won't. Since I'm hosting that one, not going to happen. <laughs> And you know, I, you, you might be on the same page as me with some of my picks, but there's I have some. A feeling. Yeah. I'm saying there's some really big films that I know some people are like, oh my God. I'm just like, I could give two shits less about this coming out. Um, and then finally on Filmgasm, we're doing, uh, it's actually, I, I think, my pick. It's my pick movie. Um, yep. A personal favorite of mine that I have loved since I saw it as a, as a kid on TV with my dad um, Tells from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Um, when they were attempting to branch out movies with the the brand after the very popular HBO show that won't ever get fucking remade until they figure out the goddamn legal rights issues with it, Um, which is actually why we didn't get the Shyamalan announced produced um, remake that was supposed to happen. That's what ended up stopping that. But they tried doing these movies and they did great with this one and then they kind of crashed in Bordello of Blood. But I haven't actually seen that one yet. I've only seen this one. I love it. I love Demon Knight's death. I cannot wait to talk about it. Yeah, sure it'll be good. It's my first time with this film. Uh, but I've enjoyed the cycle, getting to see films I never would have thought about checking out. So definitely the right way to go. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. I, I, I wish I could be there and watch, do the whole, like, watch you watch it, because I, I, I mean, I love this film. It's a fun fucking movie. Love to see your expression as the film progresses, especially with Billy Zane. Like, I, I cannot express how great he is in this movie. Cool. I really hope I like it. I know. <laughs> I will be so disappointed. Probably more than ever in my life. <laughs> I don't think anything's topping Pitch Black. Yeah, no. Well, that's because you lied to me for years. <laughs> Had you not lied, it would have been more pow- you know, easy to swallow. Yeah. So... Until we do those shows, until then, if you find yourself with the ideal at all the strip mine, a town where three cousins are known for their moonshine deliveries, and one specifically for her looks and getting shit done, uh, maybe just pick a new town. A little less pushback, you know? See y'all next week on Beyond the Bat. Thank you.